Welcome to the Gene Oliver Podcast, where we talk all things business, art, and lifestyle. This is your podcast for building a more creative life. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at geneoliver.com, where you will find art, business, and lifestyle online courses. We have over 150 courses from teachers around the world. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jean Oliver, and today I'm talking with shop owner, market creator, furniture designer, and beautiful artist in so many ways, Jana Roach. Jana, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I This is my favorite. I love this. So I'm just honored to be here. Oh, I loved any time I get to talk with you. So this is so fun. Before we dive in, will you share a little bit about yourself and your business with everyone? Yes. So I'm Jana. I live in Montana and um, with my husband and my two boys who are school age, fourth grade, second grade. So very busy around here outside of businesses. But um, both my husband and I own our own businesses. I have a market that is now just biannual. So in the summertime and at Christmas time, we do a vintage and handmade market that is insanely fun. We have live music and all sorts of stuff. Um, And then in 2019, right before the pandemic started, we opened a brick and mortar store uh, downtown in here in Kalispell. And then my husband and I also have a furniture business. So he makes all of these amazing hand carved wooden pieces. And so those are our three main businesses. And then we just last August fulfilled this marriage long dream of of owning our own building. And so we purchased this amazing building that's right next to his workshop. And that's going to become a wedding venue, events venue, and then also his showroom. So that's it's a lot we're juggling. It's a lot we've got going on, but we wouldn't have it any other way. We just love being creative. We love working for ourselves. And there's challenges with that, but it also is just, it's it's the best. Well, I know I'm sidetracking real quick, but you have to tell everybody about this building. Because yeah. this building is, I mean, you're doing a lot to it and how, what we think is dreamy, you're probably like, um, it doesn't always feel that way because it's so old and cool, but it is really amazing. The yeah. bones of this building. So would you just share everybody a little bit, if they could just close their eyes and picture what this is? Yes. So this building is, so Kalispell does not have many old brick buildings. Downtown Kalispell has, you know, our main street has some awesome brick buildings, but like we don't have that outside of town, cool warehouse district. However, this building that we purchased is one of the oldest buildings in Kalispell. It was built in 1894 and it was built to be a brewery. So it's the old Kalispell malting and brewing company and they brewed a a glacier beer out of there and best beer. Uh, We just saw this picture of the building. It had this amazing old sign. Oh, I wish I I still had that. But anyway, this was their fermenting cellar and where they bottled everything and sold beer by wagon. So they would go and deliver beer on this like horse-drawn wagon all over town. And, um, I don't remember exactly how, but the guy who started Pabst PBR, Pabst Blue Ribbon, he has ownership in this building. So at some point early on, uh, but it is in the raw sense, it's a brick rectangle with two stories. Uh, the walls are 21 inches of brick. So it's a very sturdy, old, amazing building. And when we walked into it, uh, to rent it. So we've been renting it for a while. There was like pigeon poop everywhere. And to the black, the tar that they used to use for um, the inside, they had hay and tar mixed together all on the walls. So it was not pretty. I mean, it was like, we were, we were amazed, but to most people you would walk in and be like, Ooh. and a lot of people just said, just tear it down and sell the mm-hmm. lot. And we, we were really hoping to to rescue it. And I mean, it's totally, it's totally a God thing that ended up, ended up in our arms and we just, yeah, we're pretty excited, but um, we've done so much work to it. But then at the same time, if you were to walk in and not know what it was before, you'd be like, oh, wow, they just painted and put lights in. That's great. But 
<laughs> it has been months of hard work and we're nowhere near done yet, but it's, you guys will have to see it. I'll make sure and get you the Instagram. Cause it's just, it's such a cool building. And it's the most amazing backdrop for everything that Tanner makes. Yes. And I can't even imagine that being a backdrop. So will it be like a showroom that people can come there in person? Like they come to honey. Yes. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. that was the biggest thing for us is we've had so many clients that have wanted to stop in and see our different finishes and just the pieces in person. And Tanner works out of a really cool old Quonset hut. Mm -hmm. um, it's beautiful inside if you've seen the pictures of it, but it's just the part where people walk into is just not, it does not inspire creativity. It inspires you wanting to like hire someone to come in and just gut it and redo it. So it's not been the best backdrop. And so when we uh, got this building, it's like, this is, this is it. This is the perfect backdrop. And I think that would be true for many people that are creatives. I mean, where you make your pottery is not maybe where you're going to sell your pottery, where you make your paintings and for Tanner, where he's carving furniture, um, that needs to be functional and it, and some, and it's not a great space, uh, to set things up and show people what it can be, um, yep. or how it can look. And so, well, we first met through your original market vintage whites market. This market is now called the Market Beautiful. You run the market with your friend, Vanessa Pleasance. How long have you been running this market and what inspired you to start the markets in the first place? So we've been running it since 2010, May of 2010. So it's been going for a long time. And so what inspired us was I was big into the blogging world. Like, and I, I guess that was maybe before 2010, maybe 2009 is when I started blogging. But I used to follow... Um, Casey Buick, her blog was Lola B. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she had a sale in her garage and, it, and we had looked at the blog post at the same time that we were thinking, man, should we just, we have so much stuff in our garage that we're redoing and, and putting in our house. And then we're switching something out and putting that in the garage. And our husbands are like, man, it'd be nice to park a car in here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> use it for something other than storage would be great. And so we were trying to figure out do we just open a booth at an antique mall? And that just didn't seem like the right fit. Um, and then I saw her blog post and it was like, this is, this is genius. Let's totally do this here in Montana. And so we started with five vendors in Vanessa's garage and, um, it grew like crazy. I mean, it was kind of the, the start of that trend, you know, the, yeah. the whole garage occasional sales. And, and so I think by the end of that first year, we had grown to over 20 vendors. The fire marshal was like, you can no, not have this here anymore. <laughs> People are parking in the road. This is a, a danger to, you know, everybody that lives here. So we had to move. I mean, it was just, and that continued, that growth continued through uh, the next several years, you know, I would say until 2016, which was just incredible. But uh, Vanessa and I had known each other since we were like 12 years old. We mm -hmm. met at church. I moved from Texas to Idaho with my family and uh, that was the first person I met was Vanessa and actually Tanner, my husband went to that church as well. So we've all known each other for a really long time. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you brought up Casey Buick. Do you know, cause you would have seen that sale when she was in Illinois. Do you know that she used to live in my neighborhood? No, I had so no here idea. in Colorado. She lived about two blocks from me. And so there was a small group of us that, uh, were friends and, yeah. and, um, different, like, like multiple of them, almost everybody went out and started a businesses that really changed their life. And wow. it's really crazy. And so, and she was one of the first people to uh, carry my things years ago when I first started. And she was the person that made me, and I would like to say she just pushed me, but no, she made me open an Etsy shop and re and a blog. She like was like, you've got to do this. This is what, you know, this and so years ago when, when uh, Ben was a baby. Wow. I love that we have that same connection. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's so wild. I loved her blog. I, it was just, it was kind of the start of my style going from just nothing really to something. And I, I don't know that whole blogging time period was such a catalyst for what my style is now really. 
And I think it was a catalyst for so many creatives in general. I mean, I have friends that we still talk about that that was the good old days. It really was. There were some really sweet things about about community Mm -hmm. that was very different. It doesn't mean like that was better than now, but I mean, there was a sweetness about that um, because I don't think you hadn't seen it before. You yeah. hadn't seen community like that all over the world coming together over similar interests or passions in different ways. And so um, yeah. I love that. That's great. So you mm-hmm. and Vanessa also co-own the brick and mortar store, Honey, in Kellispell, Montana. You have both worked together for a long time. Can you share a little bit about your gifts and your personalities and goals, et cetera, that have made you such a great team? Yeah, I I think about this a lot because there's rarely partnerships that last for 10 plus years without having some sort of major like growing pains, I feel Mm -hmm. like. And Vanessa and I, um, we work so well together. And I was thinking about this the other day. We are different. We're very different in some ways, but then in other ways, we're both very creative. We're both very driven by um, wanting to try new things and experiment. And it's just, I think because we're aligned in those areas, it's been very easy for us to move forward in our business partnership, even if we do differ on some things. There are creatively some things or the way that we do things that we might do it a little differently on. Uh, But I think our drive for wanting the same end goal, which is to create beautiful things and to make people go, wow, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is what keeps us moving forward. And I truly do feel blessed to have a partner for this long that we've been able to really grow together. We feel like family, our families feel like family, you know, it's just, it's, it's been really cool. So, um, but she's very, uh, she's, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but she is a type eight and I am a type seven. And so we kind of both just intersect in, in weird ways with our personalities that most of the time it works beautifully. I mean, if we differ on anything, it's very, um, it's maybe style opinions, but then we quickly find our way mm-hmm. forward, you know, collaboratively, which works great. So how do you and Vanessa handle if your vision for a market or a store is different? We talk it out. We just talk the heck out of it. Like, we'll just, you know, this is my piece. This is her piece. And then, um, and sometimes it takes us a little while, but most of the time it's just really having that. It's like a marriage, having open communication. And um, if one of us is still feeling a little stuck on something, not moving forward and just letting it go, but really going like, okay, I think we need to like talk through this a little bit more, um, and come up with an alternative way. And she is very good at, um, like she will never think she never takes anything personally. Mm-hmm. And so it's always how, okay, how can we solve this? Okay. I totally see your side of that. Here's my side of it. And I am learning to be more that way. I think my personality, um, over the years has grown a lot because I can, all I can take things personally or I get hurt easier. I'm kind of sensitive. And, um, our partnership I think has really helped with that. I've, I've been able to feel safe enough with her because I know she's going to respect my opinion and she's mm-hmm. going to listen to me and vice versa. Um, so I think that has really helped bring out some growth, personal growth in me that I needed. And, and I think it's helped her to realize like, okay, I can't just go forward and do this thing on my own. Like I have to involve my business partner and we have to talk through these things and move forward in a collaborative way. And I mean, we've just, I think it, it really has come down to just talking it out as much as necessary. Well, and you guys were in business um, way before, I mean, on a business aspect of you and Tanner and your business. And it Mm -hmm. is very different being married to somebody, but then doing business with somebody. And so I feel like I'm positive that all of those years of you and Vanessa figuring things out and learning how to honor each other had to have a major impact of the success of Beck and Cap and the success of you guys working together too. Um, And so that's, it's always so sweet when you see um, the groundwork that was mm-hmm. laid that you don't even realize all that it will pour into later. 
Yes, totally. What's funny is I, I will say I have grown in different ways working with Tanner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm realizing that in our, in our business partnership, I can be more of that like eight personality where I just kind of like go for it. And then I have to go, oh, wait a minute, I got to bring him into this. And so it's, it, it totally is like, I've learned so much from my 10 plus year partnership with Vanessa, but then it's like, there's always, you're working with somebody else. There's always going to be the things that you're like, oh, this isn't the same, you know, or we're having friction here. Or like with Tanner and I, we're so much on the same wavelength creatively that there's rarely a time that we differ in our opinion. We're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Let's go for it and do it, you know? But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it really is a partnership. Business partnership is kind of just like a marriage to somebody. You really have to get to know them and have to be willing to sacrifice for them. And so, yeah. Well, your whole life seems to be dipped in beauty and hard work. What did the years look like before you find found this stride? Oh man. So I worked a lot of jobs. I I never stayed in one place for very long. And I always, I was so hard on myself because I felt like I was failing in that. You know, I would work a job for six months to a year and I would just be so burnt out and bored. And I'm like, there's something wrong with me because I should be able to like work this job for years and be loyal. And I was always loyal, but it was like, I just felt like something wasn't right about that, you know? And so it was a lot of years of, of doing that, trying to just do the right thing of staying in one job forever and growing in the role that I was in when I wasn't really even that interested in it. Um, I worked for an optometrist for a lot of years and, and I mean, there were things about it that I found exciting, but it was just, it was never that like soul satisfying thing. And, so that honestly was a lot. It was just a lot of years of the nine to five grind. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think there are people who uh, excel at that and they're so good at what they do and they serve so well. Um, but I do think there are people who just don't thrive in that. And to live in a country and to be in a time where we can open our own businesses and can express ourselves creatively is such a blessing because that's where I have grown and thrived and felt so alive, you know, is, is in that. So I think there were just a lot of years of like, is this it? Um, can I, can I do something differently or trying to make things work on the weekends, you know, when you have just like two days off to do something creative. And so it's just a lot of years of wanting to break out of that monotony, honestly. I think what's interesting too, this is not anything that I um, talked to you about before our, uh, our you know, interview here, but I think what's interesting is so often people think, well, I want to do this, but I also am really passionate about this. And I would like to also do this. And I think what, what you're a good example of, you do the markets, but it's twice a year. Mm -hmm. It's not your whole business it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of planning. It's a lot of your time and energy throughout the, the, the time between. Um, but the markets is a part of your business. It's actually how you started and grew into other things and you've kept that and grown it and you've changed it as it needed to change also. And then I love then separately is to store honey, you know, yeah. here is this brick and mortar and then what I love is then there's also your husband's business back in cap, which is yours too. But I mean, I think here you have three separate businesses, but they all, they all kind of reflect each other very well, right? They, yeah. it, it, and so I think it's just such an encouragement to people listening, saying, I don't want just to do that one thing. Yeah. And it's, and that lie that people believe I can only do the one thing or something's wrong with me. Like mm -hmm. why, you know, and I think the reason why you've been successful, you've been able to dip into the market and then you're being able to dip your passion into the, um, you know, brick and mortar. And then you're also able to, to dip your foot into designing and birthing something from nothing in a really cool way too. And so I love all of that. Um, because you work with your husband, Tanner in Beck and Cap named after your two boys, this business guy, I mean, seriously, Jana, this business has been an absolute blast to watch yeah. change and grow. So you can tell the transformation story way better than I can. Will you tell everybody? 
Yeah. So this business, um, and in fact, oh, I should have brought it out. I don't have it, but this business was born so accidentally and randomly in some ways. And then in some ways it's, it doesn't surprise us at all. Um, but we, Tanner has always been creative and he's always been great at what he did before we did this was he was in construction and building. And, um, if you've seen the man draw, he can draw anything you want. Just his whole family is very artistic. And so, um, with our markets, we always do this entrance display that's kind of like an anthropology window, but for when you walk into the market, it's one of the things that we just really have loved doing. Um, and one year we did this amazing like Narnia theme and we're like, how cool would it to have some wooden mushrooms? And so I asked Tanner if he would be able to make those. And he's like, sure, I've never carved anything before, but I'm, I'm totally all for it. So he carved these wooden mushrooms that we put in the display at the market. And um, as soon as the market opened, we had like, we were inundated with people wanting to purchase them. And so it was kind of this new, like Tanner loved doing it. It was super creative. It wasn't just the same, like building a house where you've got all the perfect angles and all the things that need to be exact. This was something that he could express his like artistic ability into um, and so we kind of thought about it like, okay, let's, let's maybe develop this idea a little more, um, rewind to when we lived in Colorado, when I knew you, we were, Tanner was working in the natural gas and oil field for years, hated it, but it was kind of what we had to do at the time. It was just one of those things coming out of 2008. <laughs> like we, we got to go do something that isn't construction. Right. So he worked a lot of years in the oil field and, um, while we were there towards the end of it, we were feeling so stuck and just like not, he felt like he was just a shell because he is so creative and he's working this insane job. So we wrote down, and I just found it the other day, but we wrote down a list of these business ideas that we have had since we've been married. And we, we wrote them all down front. It was like the front and back of a spiral notebook page. Right. And What's so funny is that I found this the other day. This was in 20, 2015, I think we wrote this list. And in what we circled was making furniture, wedding venue, and selling furniture at a store. Those were the three things that we circled. And I'm like, oh man, God, like how crazy is it that you just weaved all of that together for us, you know, in a time where we felt so hopeless. Mm. Um but anyway, so fast forward and he's made these wooden mushrooms and people are really wanting to buy them. So we started carving actually in the room that's right over back here. He started carving with a chain, an electric chainsaw in the house. Um, it was not a finished room. So it was basically like studs and I'm like, just do it in there. It's warm. So we're carving, he's carving 20, 30 mushrooms at a time. And then we would take pre-orders on Instagram and we would say, all right, we're going to be delivering to Salt Lake City on this date. So let us know how many mushrooms you want. And so we were like, I ordered a bunch. You did. I, I know. I know. We ordered like, I don't know, 10 to 15 I, or maybe 10. I don't remember what we had. And <clears throat> excuse me. And we would, when we sold them, when we yeah. would have live workshops and then we kept some. So they're <laughs> all over our property. And the funniest thing is um, Jack had a friend last summer going, man, you guys got the biggest mushrooms I've ever seen. And Jack's like, dude, <laughs> those aren't real. That's hilarious. <laughs> but they've just weathered and aged. And um, yeah. so, yeah, all right, keep going with your story. Oh, that's I love that you have some of those. That just makes me so happy. Um, but we did that for a really long time, probably a year of that and just didn't really we're like, should we ship? And so that I have never done shipping logistics in my life. I've had to learn that it was, it's not the most fun thing in the world. Uh, but we, from that are able to now ship basically internationally. And, and, um, so we started that. And then Leanne Ford reached out to us through our honey Instagram. We had an article couch that she wanted and Vanessa and I were like, why does she want this couch? It's like, she could just order one online, you know? But so I told her, you know, you're we'd love for you to have this. Um, you can order those online. She's like, I know, but I want yours because it's worn and it's, you know, and then we're like, okay, this makes sense. And um, so she ended up ordering quite a few things from us at honey. And then I just was like, I feel like this may, maybe her style Tanner's 
wooden creations. And so, um, and by this time, I'm skipping a lot of the story, but by this time he had also started to, to branch out into different products, not just mushrooms. He was making <laughs> coffee tables. He made some chairs and tables for Alexis. Yeah. And yes. so he was starting to kind of branch out into what he was doing. And so I was like, okay, Leanne, I don't know if you'd be interested in any of this, but I'm just showing it to you because it's kind of an organic modern feel. And she fell in love with his stuff and wanted several pieces. And instead of shipping it, Vanessa and I were like, let's drive it to Pennsylvania. Let's just drive it there. And so we did, we loaded up the trailer full of all this stuff and Tanner stayed home with the kids. Um, So we drove it there. And when we got there, she was like, do you think Tanner'd want to be in a scene of the show that we're filming? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, he's in Montana right now, but let me just figure that out. So we leave, we go to lunch and I'm like, Tanner, you have to drop the kids off with my mom and you have to get on a plane right now because you're going to be in this show. And he is so sweet. He's like, he is so much less in some ways, less seat of his pants than I am. I'm usually like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm up for anything. And he's a little bit more like, okay, but let's make a plan first. And so it was a lot to you know, have to get the kids to my mom's who lives an hour and a half from here and then drive to Spokane and get on a plane. And, but he did it. He got in at 10, 10 PM that night in Pennsylvania. And then the next day we got up and he filmed like a three minute scene on this show. He was terrified. He was like, I did horribly. I'm like, no, you didn't. Um, and so we, we went home and it was probably, I think from, it was September to February, I think is how long we had to wait. So in that time, we just kept making furniture. We kept putting out new products. Mm -hmm. We made coffee tables and things. Mm -hmm. And we just thought like, how cool was this opportunity? And if something comes out of that, great. If it doesn't, we had the best experience just being able to. What was the, the wait time for you to know from the time that Leanne bought the, some of the furniture at the time that uh, Tanner was on the show. What was the wait time until it went live? I think it was six months, five yeah. or six yeah. months. And so wow. it was a long time of like, yeah, that's well, a long time. Yeah. And, but we were, we were just, you and know, you don't know how to prepare. You mm-hmm. don't know oh, how yeah. to prepare for that, but you guys did some big things <laughs> that that I think obviously helped a lot when it launched, which I would like to make a personal thank you to Leanne Ford for getting you guys to actually do that. Because just like other people, I'm sure I've been begging you for, can I order that? Can yeah. I get that? Can I, you know, and and yeah, I could have hounded and hounded and hounded, but also, but the at the point it, you were on the show. And then you had a website and I could just go on and instantly buy everything that I had been wanting to buy. Um, yeah. So don't you love even the catalyst that that was that, yeah. that, that beautiful moment of, and you taking the initiative, how many people don't take the initiative to say, and we're going to drive it to her. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's where both Vanessa and I, where we will do the craziest things, but mm-hmm. we just know that there's always something good that comes out of it. So say yes, as much as you can, if it yeah. seems like, if it seems like it's going to be a hassle or there's going to be just too much work involved, there probably is. But yeah. on the other side of that is so much just, I mean, at the very least you have a great story, right? Well, so why don't you tell everybody least. what happened? <laughs> after the show went live. Yeah. So we waited, we did get that website up and going. And that was a a huge thing because I was very busy too with the store. And it was just like, we don't really know what's going to happen with this, but we have had people that wanted to order and Mm -hmm. we're getting more requests and we're getting a little bit more exposure even before that. So we're like, okay, let's make the website. I've got the shipping started to be figured out here, you know? And so then, then the show happened. And our thought before that was, it would be so cool to get at least like, you know, 10 orders or something. It would be so great. The show happened. And I think it was the next day she, she actually, because on the show, they don't actually say back in caps. So we're like, Oh, that's mm-hmm. fine. People will find it, you know? And then the next day she posted and tagged us. Mm-hmm. People were asking in all of the comments, like who makes that, who, who does this? You know, we're like, Holy smokes, this is a lot more interest than we thought was going to be there. But that second day, I think we had over 200 orders in a very short amount of time Mm -hmm. and they just, they didn't stop. And so 
<laughs> what's funny is a business minded person would have seen that coming and ha had prepared for that. A creative minded person is like, wow, this is so cool. Look at this. Look what's happening. Not realizing that, okay, he works eight hours a day and we're getting 200 orders and I'm not changing the lead time on any of this. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. People think they're getting their orders in two weeks. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's no way. Like we can't fulfill all of this in two weeks. And so <clears throat> it was a major growth thing. Like we had to scale overnight and he brought on another carver, which, you know, what he does is very artistic. So it's not easy to hire for that position because you have to have the artistic sense to create something that is going to work, but also looks like what you want it to look like. And uh, so it was just, it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of growing pains. It was so good. Like we had uh, this amazing thing happen. And at the same time, we're like, okay, but what do we do? What do we do with this? Like, we've got to figure this out. And so mm -hmm. there were a lot of, a lot of nights in there where we were up, he was working until sometimes like two in the morning during that period of time, just carving, like yeah. carving and yeah. getting stuff out. So yeah, it was so insane. It's such a blessing. And I mean, we've really been, there's still people that we email and say, I just saw, I just watched Leanne Ford's episode and I want to order something that it's was on. It's always in so much that she shows even now. Yeah. Yeah. It's in magazines. It's in, uh, just, uh, online. Um, you see Tanner stuff all the time and there it's something really special about it too. Cause it's so different than anything that other people are creating. And I'm sure there are people now trying to create it too, but I mean, we have a coffee table out by our fire place in our courtyard. We have an end table out by the porch swing in the side garden. We have two of the big chairs, probably like what you made for Alexis at first, yeah. um, out by one of our back tables. And then these mushrooms spread around and it just instantly makes your space feel more rooted. I love that. Yeah. And it's so special. It's yeah. really special. So, and I, I do, I just feel like I, I think people always wonder what someone is like in real life. And I just, for anybody listening who is curious about Leanne, she is the real deal. She is such a champion for artists and creatives. Um, and we just feel like immensely grateful that we were able to do this with her to partner with her, with her in this and for us to our stuff to complement her stuff so well mm -hmm. it's so much fun to see it you know and it always looks amazing because it works so well in her space and with her style and she's just she's an amazing person so we're we're so grateful to have, have had that happen <laughs> do you and tanner work together naturally well or have had or have you had to work on it and how do you separate work and home life especially when it comes to the boys we do work really well together. We always have. And that was one of the things that's like, we want to do a business together once we get out of this natural gas and oil field, because we love working with each other and we've done it so well. And so, um, I, we rarely disagree if we do, it's the things that we already disagree on in our marriage anyway. So it's <laughs> like, it's not a business thing. You're just it's keeping just, it going through yeah, all we're just, it's in your going. life. It's like, Oh, that old argument again. Okay. <laughs> But, um, but we just, we do, we work so well together. Um, he is so patient and creative and I just, I love working with him. Um, balance, work-life balance, I would say is more like a teeter-totter. It's not, I don't know that it is ever perfectly balanced. Um, and that is when we were talking about just the fact that I have this business and this business and this business, um, that's the trade-off from working one job nine to five, going home, having weekends, mm -hmm. um, owning your own business is a lot of stress. Um, it is a lot of, it just takes so much more of you because you have ownership in this thing and you have to see it through from every aspect of it. So I would say the work-life balance is one of the things that we have honestly struggled with most because sometimes we're really good at prioritizing family time and time with the boys. And sometimes 
because of finances or a deadline, it's like, sorry, you know, we've got to, we've got to work this weekend, you know? And so it's one of the biggest struggles I think. And I would guess that most self-employed people would say the same thing. It's just, I would always want to encourage someone that you can balance it, but at the same time, it is a reality that it is, you have to be, you have to be so on top of making sure that where your priority is, is right. And, and just making sure that you're giving that time to your family and also giving enough time to your business. And so it's a, it's a hard thing. And I don't know that I've figured it out. I think it's just like a, it's, it's like a seesaw, which one of them is going to be prioritized at this time. And one of them is going to be prioritized at this time. And, um, one of the things that I've really been personally working on this year is I've, I've not been good at it. And I feel like a lot of people are probably here too, but it's so hard to make time for God in all of this business and family. You get so overwhelmed sometimes and stressed out and you're really putting a ton of time and energy into making this thing a success that you're trying to do for the glory of God, that you realize that you're neglecting your relationship with God. And so that's one of the things that just in the last little bit, we've really been working through. just giving that time to God in the morning. And you know what, when we do that, our business and our personal lives just run so much smoother and so much better. And so I don't know, that one's a hard one. It's a dance. It's, it's a continual process that we're growing in. And as our businesses grow and get more sustainable, you know, like with honey, our brick and mortar, in the beginning, we were working three days a week, and now we have girls there all full time, and we can focus on other things. And so, I think as you grow these businesses and you find your rhythms, then you can kind of prioritize and say, "Okay, I I don't need to be there. I don't need to be in this space, you know, seven days a week or whatever. I can put more time towards this." So, I don't know. I hope that <laughs> answers it, but it's just such a continual fluid thing is finding that balance. And I don't know that it's ever going to stop being that. I agree. As I mentioned earlier, your life is dipped in beauty and hard work. How do you fill back up and how, and do you have daily rituals and rhythms that help you to stay on track? And when I say stay on track, I really mean to have places of rest. So your creativity can thrive. I I really think for us, it's that time in the morning, just setting aside time and what we've been working through is, and I don't even remember what the Latin word is called, but we have this book where basically you, you just have a passage that you read every day and you ground yourself, kind of prepare yourself to be in the word. And then you just see if there's anything that jumps out at you and you journal it and write it, write it down and then go through that scripture that way. And I feel like that has really filled me up and allowed me to come into work in all of these businesses with more, um, gas in my tank Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just more ability to be creative. I also just love sitting on the couch and having music playing in the background and getting off of my devices, getting off of the phone, getting off the computer, especially because you're doing it over three businesses. I mean, I have one Instagram account. I can't (laughs) imagine having three. Or I have three, more than three <laughs> or three websites or yeah. three Facebook groups or I mean, yeah, that's like, I've got, yeah, it's so much. It really is. And it's, you know, I don't know. I don't, I think my brain is just wired a little differently for some reason. I'm able to separate that out. Like I can do that and it doesn't affect me, but you know, I don't know. I just think the world we live in, the day and time that we live in, it's so easy to just scroll. And the worst time for me is when I'm not working on businesses and I'm actually just scrolling through and I'm like, I have been watching reels of dogs for like an hour and a half. What am I (laughs) doing? I'm not, I'm not adding anything to my day. I mean, maybe I am, but like, I just, I'm so when I can disconnect, it really fills me up creatively. Trips, traveling, which we haven't been able to do, and it's just killing me. That is such a source of creativity for me. Um, seeing new things, it just sparks so much. I mean, there's so many of our pieces that we've created through Beck and Cap that have come from things that we've seen on a trip or on a hike or whatever, you know. So I, I love and painting. You have and- started painting. Yes, which I am not, I've never really done that. That has been such a stress reliever for me. Um, 
I've never done, I've never painted before in my life, but for the last two years, I've started doing that. And it's so cathartic. And it's just so like, I can just, I can think and have peace in my mind while I'm doing this. And I've just, I'm like, this is what this is all about. Art is amazing. Like I really feel less stressed when I do this <laughs> and I don't get to do it as much as I'd like, but we have, we've just set up the upstairs in that brick building so that I can work up there. And, um, I just, I've loved that. So that is definitely been an outlet and, you know, magazines, books, old magazines. I've started collecting some like the old country living magazines and there's so much good stuff in those so much good design. And I don't know, it's, that's kind of how I fuel myself creatively. I just love getting outside of my, my little area that I'm usually working in yeah. and discovering new things. It's very it induces creativity very well. <laughs> So many people dream of doing so many things that you are walking out. You have a brick and mortar, you run a very successful market, and you also design and create your own furniture. What are three things that people should know before opening a brick and mortar? So be prepared to spend and invest more than you think you will when you first start out. We did not do that. We we went into it with no experience and no idea, and we ended up spending way more. Um, but don't let that stop you either, because it's it's entirely doable <laughs> and um, be prepared to spend time there a lot when you first open it, unless you have the ability to hire people. But even if you do, what we have found is our store does the best when we're merchandising it, when we are there putting our spin on things and our own touch on things. So that is a huge one. And I would say number three is just you're going to meet so many amazing people and it is such a worthwhile thing to do. If you're thinking at all about opening a brick and mortar and you're just kind of curious about how, how it feels, what happens, you get burnout. You really don't, you meet so many amazing people. Um, and it's for me, especially having that connection with people offline was so huge. I love it. I love the stories. We have the regulars that come in. We have new people come in all the time and just like, wow, I didn't even know you were here. And you get to tell them your story and you get to encourage them. And I just think that is such a a beautiful thing and, and something that everybody should know about opening a brick and mortar, because it really does fill up your cup in a lot of ways that you didn't realize. What are three things that people should know about running a market? It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is when you're in the um, when you're in the market time, it's a lot of work. In the off season, it's kind of cool because you get to dream about what you're going to do for the next market and plan. So in that aspect, it's very nice. Like you you have a really busy time and then you have some leisurely like we can brainstorm time, which is really nice. Uh, have a great team of people. You're going to have so many things that you didn't think of, especially a day of, and you need people around you that are going to be able to be like, I will go pick up those balloons. <laughs> you know, I'll go put the signs out. So create a team of people around you and then have one person that you can appoint and train at the same time that you're opening this market. Like we have this gal named Becca who helps us now, and she's worked alongside of us long enough to where she can kind of take over what we do. Um, and it's phenomenal. I mean, it's such a blessing to have her. She is such a manager. We can delegate to her. So I, I think those are the, the two most important things is a good team and then a good point person that you can go to. Um, and markets are so much fun. You really, I'm going to add a fourth one in there, but you really have to be selective with your vendors because yeah. it's easy to make a market feel like a flea market. <laughs> and so you really want to be selective with your vendors and, um, vet them through pictures and through their Instagram. And you'll, if you do that, you will end up with a great market that everybody will want to come back to time and time again. So I would say those are the most important things to, for opening a market. What are three things that people should know about creating product? You're not going to get it right the first time. <laughs> There's, there are so many iterations of products that we've designed that aren't quite right the first time. So you have to tweak it and you have to, um, you just have to keep trying. If something's not right, it's not that it's a bad product. It's just that it maybe needs a little bit of tweaking. So I would say be willing to just keep on uh, until you get what you want. Um, second thing, if you're a creative like me, 
uh, find someone who is really good at business and get them in your business and make them look at these things with you. That is how that has been the biggest lesson for us is both of us are creative. We are not business minded. I know nothing about accounting other than I know it needs to happen and I have no idea how to do it. <laughs> so uh, for us, especially in the last six months of our business, we have learned so much. I, I know now know how to pull a profit and loss statement. I did not know how to do that before. And it is making our business so much better. So get a financial person to be with you all the time go through everything with you, go through your pricing with you, go through your website with you, and it will make your business so much better. And say yes to opportunities. So if we hadn't have said yes, or even yeah. um, even brought up to Leanne that we had this product, yeah. we would not be where we are right now. So, And if you wouldn't have driven it, yeah. Her, <laughs> yeah, it's very likely Tanner wouldn't have been on the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think you would have been, you know, and it's, it's such a cool connection to have like the scene in the show yeah. to her Instagram. And then, I don't know, it's just been great. So yeah, just say yes to things. And, and even if it seems like it's going to be a hassle, do it anyway. You just are take- so good at creating beautiful spaces within your home. Um, is this one of the ways that you create just for you and how is home a sacred space for you and your family? Yeah, this is, I love uh, curating my own space. I love curating my own style and I love a clean house. Like I can't work well unless the house is clean. And I think it's because when it is clean, it is such a creative environment for me. I just gain so much out of that. I feel motivated and I feel energized to do the work that I need to do. Um, And I've actually, I've started designing more for other people too. And, and I'm like, oh, I love this. This is so much fun for me because it's the same, like I'm creating and I'm making things beautiful and I really enjoyed it. Um, And home is such a sacred space because I feel like it's where I can be safe, be the most myself. (laughs) I can do whatever I want to it. I don't have to worry about anybody else. Like this is just and it's ours. Like we rented for 15 years, probably before we purchased a house, um, out of necessity. And I never was able to do the things that I wanted to do in our rental houses, even though we still did, we still found ways to make it a home, but this has been the first house that I've been able to just put tile on the wall and put in an old cabinet and use an old fridge. And I just, it's, it's such a source of love for me. And I, I don't know, I'm so grateful for it for all the years that we didn't have it. And now to have it, I'm like, I could, I could live here forever. (laughs) Kelly and I have three children and I know they have been greatly impacted in many ways by watching us grow our business. Your boys are still pretty young, but what can you see them already learning? And what is something you hope gets instilled in them? I think that we have instilled in them at the very least, knowing that there's another option to their life. Like they don't have to grow up and go to college and get the job and do the things. And like, I just want them to know that if there's a dream in their heart that they have, then just do that, you know, like you can make it happen. And I feel like my own mom did that for me. Like there was never anything that if I brought it up, she was like, oh, you can't do that. You know, you have, you have to go to college and you have to do all these things. Mm -hmm. I, I did try college for a year and I was terrible. I was awful. Like I did not do well at it. I took swing dance and went to like one other class. Like I did, I was so not for me. And I just, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And, and I think honestly, for a lot of years that, and I, I talked about that earlier, but it really, it was a hard mindset shift because I felt like I was failing because I wasn't doing the college thing. And I wasn't, all my friends were getting their degrees and they were going into these fields to do these amazing things. And, and I'm, I'm just aimless, you know, and, and I would love for my boys to know, and we talk about this with them a lot that it's, it's okay. If you don't, if you, what you're doing doesn't look like everybody else, as long as you love it. And as long as you're growing and, um, and, you know, I think they do just see the hard work that we put in. I, I try really hard to, tell them about what we're doing too. So it's not like, oh, mom and dad are just working again. You know, I'm like explaining to them what I'm doing. And um, it was so funny. My oldest, who is nine, 
I just explained to him probably a year ago, the whole concept of buying and selling. So there's a wholesale price and there's a retail price. And then the difference between those is what you get to take home and pay your bills with and have a little leftover. And, and I think it clicked with him because then they were selling snacks out on the sidewalk <laughs> and they're talking about like how much they were making and stuff. And, and, that's great. and then it clicked with him. He's like, oh, that's what you do at Honey. I'm like, yes, that's what I do at Honey. And they've wanted to come work with us. And um, I, as they grow older, they may or may not be interested in what we're doing, but I just hope that they know whatever they want to do, like yeah. we're in support of, and they can just go do it. They yeah. can go do it. Yeah. So good. All right. I would love to close with one last question. If you were not a shop owner, I don't even know what you're going to, how you're going to answer this, Jana. If you were not a shop owner, market creator, furniture designer, what would your alternative career choice be? Acting. Really? That's amazing. I love when I'm surprised by the answer, especially because I've known you so long. That's great. All right. Tell me more. I've just always been, I've been so in love with that whole realm. I've never dealt, I haven't taken any courses for it. I don't even know if I'd be good at it, but I just, I love it. And I've done, um, I was able to be a background extra a couple of years ago and I fell in love with the whole process and just filming and directing and all of that. I just, there's something in me that is so drawn to that and has been, and I love just that whole realm that I think I totally would, um, I would do something in the film industry. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I just, I just love it. So either that or, um, (laughs) I would probably, I actually worked for an orthodontist for a very short stint and I loved that too. So I don't know, maybe I'd wind up. Now you're just, now you're just freaking me out. Now you're just (laughs) adding all kinds of things and now I'm, you know, all right. Would you please tell our listeners where they can connect with you and find out more about what you guys offer? Yes, I would love for you guys to follow me on Instagram. So my Instagram is Jana, Jana Roach is just my name. And then from there, you can find all of the different Instagrams. But Instagram is mainly where we live. Like I love Instagram, the community that it's cultivated. And um, that is where I do most of my posting. You can find Tanner's Furniture at beckandcap.com. And then our new building, if you guys want to follow along there at all with the progress, is on, it's at block fifty. Montana. So MT, and you can find all this on my Instagram. You can just click right there to the, and the markets, um, markets. Yes. Yep. At the market, beautiful. And, um, there's so many, I feel like ridiculous. I'm like, and my fifth Instagram (laughs) is, (laughs) and my acting website is, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for all your orthodontist needs, if you need braces, you can come (laughs) see me. That's great. In the back of honey. Yeah, exactly. In the garage. I'll just set up shop back there. Sounds great. (laughs) Uh, Jana, thanks so much. Been so much fun talking with you today. I have really enjoyed it. Thank you. You have been such a source of inspiration and encouragement for me throughout the years. So I really appreciate you. Oh, I adore you. I created a free resource and mini workbook just for you. 10 tips to take back the peace for a more beautiful life. A free ebook if you're looking for some rest in your day today like I was. Go to jeanoliver.com slash 10 tips to get your free resource. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at jeanoliver.com where you will find art, business, and lifestyle online courses. We have over 150 courses from teachers around the world. 